that's what makes art better is having experiences and self knowledge to add to the painting to like show other people. You're listening to Art and Magic, and I'm your host, Devin Walls. studio practice in whatever shape it's taking this season is moving along with minimal pains. (laughs) Um, I'm actually starting to feel a little more alive and I think that's the turn of spring into summer. We just had that halfway point and May always feels a little bit like a breath of fresh air. You know those first months of the year can be so hard and stagnant But I'm finally starting to see the light with some of my own pieces that I've been working so hard on. And I know I've been saying forever now that I'm a bit frustrated because I've been painting slowly and I'm working in this new style. And even I'm getting sick of hearing myself say that. But I'm feeling good that I just kind of turned that corner where I think some pieces are going to get finished. So... Maybe that's all to say if you're in a place where things are slow and you're stuck, there is a light. Things can shift as they often do in the studio. Things move up and down and we just never know when that shift is going to come. It could be in this micro level where we get a little inspiration and we get enough energy to keep us carried through. Um, Sometimes it takes a little bit longer and sometimes there are seasons, but the great thing about the process is that it does change even when it feels like it absolutely won't. So that's a little bit about what's been going on for me. (laughs) Uh, Outside of that, I have a wonderful conversation in store for you today with Soleil Daryl, which I'm going to talk more about in a second. But before I do, I do have a couple announcements for the podcast. First off, I want to say thank you to those of you who have left ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts and who have been sharing the episodes that you're listening to on Instagram. Uh, As you know, I've been kind of getting season three jump started. I took a really long break from podcasting. And so your support in kind of getting the show out there to people who might be interested in hearing it and leaving those reviews really helps. So I just wanted to say thank you. I'm also really enjoying the community that is slowly taking shape over on Patreon. It's really nice for me to have a place to share in a little bit more raw and real time. Outside of Instagram, you know, I treat Instagram more like a portfolio these days. So having this tight-knit community over on Patreon where I can be more transparent about what I'm working on has been fun. Um, And the new podcast episode for May, the exclusive Patreon episode, just came out last week. Um, So if you're not already over there and you want to get in on the fun, the link to the Patreon is in the bio. And even if you just donate a couple dollars a month, that's really what's keeping this show up and running. It helps cover the editing. It helps cover some of my time because this is a very time consuming adventure and every dollar is extremely appreciated. And lastly, I wanted to give you an official invite to send in questions for the podcast. As you know, if you've been listening for a while, every now and then I'll do a Q&A episode where I'll go through questions that you guys send in and unpack them and give the answers that I can give. 
So if you're interested in having one of your questions answered, you can send me an email at devinleewalls at gmail.com, which is in the show notes. And you can put podcast question in the subject line or something like that. And I promise you, I will get to your question eventually. Even those of you who have sent questions in last year, I still have them saved and they're likely coming up soon to be answered. So um, feel free to send in again if you have new ones come up and I will get to it. So for today's interview, we are talking with Soleil Daryl, which I mentioned, and I loved this conversation because it felt like a genuine relaxed chat over tea between two artists in the way that it was very honest. Um, in some ways, it reminded me of the conversation I had a couple weeks ago with Amanda Sandlin. Just that level of real-time transparency I felt really came through in this conversation with Soleil. We touched on a pretty wide range of topics, um, everything from being self-taught to managing studio time, Soleil's recent Instagram break, and her thoughts on what an artist career actually means to her. Um, but even though all these things were really varied, everything seemed to fit under this umbrella of honoring your creative energy, which I really liked. I don't think that that's something that gets talked about enough, um, but if you're an artist, managing your creative tap, as Soleil calls it, um, is a very real thing. In fact, it's probably one of the most important things you could focus on or learn to honor because it's the foundation for everything we do, right? Like if there's no creative energy, there's no art um, and likely there's a very tired artist. This has been a huge um, theme for me personally in that I'm still learning to navigate what my ideal studio practice looks like and the best ways for me to keep my own creative energy flourishing. So I really appreciated what Soleil brings to the conversation. Um, she really radiates how integrity she is with her creative energy, and that shows through both in her presence and in her work. And so the fact that you can really see what that looks like on somebody is really inspiring to me personally. And I think she's such a great example um, of, of what that can look like when we're really putting our health and our creative energy first. So if you don't already know her, Soleil Daryl is a Bermudian-born multidisciplinary artist who is based in Oakland, California. Her work is purely intuition-driven. She explores the experience and depth of being a human in this world while connecting with other worlds through practice and meditation. Each stroke encompasses color, vulnerability, passion, texture, and complete faith in the universe. She uses layers of mixed media to symbolize the healing of wounds and maps the unknown paths we take in life. She's forever fascinated with the idea of things we can never know about our existence and the self-inclined suffering that human beings can endure through generations of trying to figure it out. Her hope is to bring some optimism to the viewer and bridge the gap between the intuitive world and the physical world. So without further ado, I give you my conversation with Soleil. Cool. So I was wondering if you could start off by just telling us about your work for those who haven't seen it, um, what you make and like maybe what your process is. Yeah, um, I make mostly abstract paintings. Um, I'm still trying to figure out the terminology for my technique, but it's mostly based in um, 
just intuition-based movement and form. Um, I tend to start with certain routines. So I'll stretch a canvas or I'll prepare the space and then I'll just sit down and see what flows out in the moment. Um, I have been trying to plan stuff more, but it seems that the stuff I like best is stuff that just kind of flows out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, your work really feels that way. It has like a very organic, um, to me personally, it feels comforting. Maybe that's because oh, I, I like things like that. And I love the colors. Like I think I'm very much a color-driven person and me like too. the gradients and the pops of color. Um, and also like there's some unconventional materials here and there that kind mm. of surprise you. And I wanted to ask you about that. Um, like in a recent piece, I saw like a Q-tip. Yeah. Um, how is that a new thing? Like what has inspired that? Yeah, I'm curious. Um, yeah, I'm so glad you noticed the Q-tip. Um, I have, since I started painting about a year ago, I have been incorporating like things I just found around my studio that caught my eye. So the first time I did it was with foil paper. I just had it rolled. I think I had like eaten a sandwich or something and I had some foil rolled up in the corner and I was like, oh, this is, this is really shiny and pretty and I like the feeling of it. So I started to incorporate that. And then um, every time after that, it's kind of been the same thing. So with the Q-tips, I had some in my studio that I used to clean stuff up, but I was like, there's something about the space between the ends that I really like. And I love linear things. And I just find that when you give yourself a minute to just look at something that is so ordinary, it can surprise you how beautiful it is. So I kind of wanted to play with the idea of having two ends connected by a center. The Q-tip does that perfectly. So yeah, I also really love using um, scraps. So I'll save my uh, dried acrylic globs or I'll save um, old canvas that I didn't use for something and, or that had like a mistake on it at the time and I'll rip it up and try to play with that as well. Love it. Yeah, I love that a linear, like two ends with space between it. Yeah. That's so beautifully put. And that totally is a Q-tip, but not something I would have thought about before. Right. <laughs> um, I'm also thinking about, so I want to get into, I know you're self-taught as am I. Mm -hmm. So I love to have conversations around that, but kind of um, thinking about your work being more tactile and incorporating different materials. Do you think that your background in jewelry making has kind of like influenced that at all? Absolutely. Like I think about that all the time because the way that I learned to work with jewelry was um, very free form and we didn't really have any rules and it was more just don't overthink it. Just sit down and learn the technique with the piece that you're making. And then if you like it, you like it. And if at the end you don't, you don't. I think I've definitely applied that in the way that I make art or paintings. It's been very much, you know, a learn while doing situation. Mm -hmm. And I think that I value, I'm actually torn about it, to be honest, because lately I've been thinking about maybe going back to get a master's or something to learn a little bit more about technique because I'm, I'm torn about if it's holding me back or if it's propelling me not having that. I'm sure you feel the same way where you're like, I really honor my practice. And I, I think that everything happens for a reason. And the way that it happened for me was that I haven't had any formal background training. But then you wonder like, if I did have formal background training, could I make things 
even better. Um, yeah. So jewelry, to get back to the question, yes, jewelry definitely has played a huge role in that. Yeah. Let's touch on the self-taught uh, dilemma going back mm-hmm. to school business because I, I totally relate. And yeah, the, the questions that I have for myself are so similar. You know, it's like, am I benefiting because I maybe I'm not hindered by certain rules or didn't have this experience that I know can be scarring for some people, but, and also like, are my formal skills lacking and could they improve? Absolutely. And like, um, yeah. Do you, are you leaning one way or the other? Or are you still just like really in that question place? I'm not leaning one way or the other. I, I have been doing research about what programs are available. Mm-hmm. And I have found that the reason why I haven't gone back to school is because I don't want to pay for it. Number one, mm-hmm. it's so expensive. Um, and I just have an issue with education not being more affordable, um, mm-hmm. especially for artists. Uh, and I don't necessarily know if the people who are the ones who are judging my work are the ones whose opinion I care about. And I think in the past, I, cause I, I did go to school for fashion marketing when I was, uh, you know, in my early twenties and I loved some of my teachers and some of my teachers I didn't love. And in the past, that was like a huge, uh, thing for me. I wouldn't continue to learn something because I didn't necessarily love the way that the the teachers taught. And I just feel like that is an, I don't know if I need to add that to my plate essentially. Mm -hmm. So I'm torn. I would love to talk to more people who have, who have gone back and gotten their masters and seen what they got out of it and what they didn't. Um, But I'm in the middle right now. If financial Mm -hmm. issues weren't, if financial uh, stability wasn't an issue, then I probably would just say, whatever, like, let's see what happens. But it's so Mm -hmm. expensive here. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, same. It's like, well, yeah, if I had all the money in the world and I didn't have to provide for myself and I was just like, Hmm, how should I fill my time? Then yeah, I probably would go back to school. But yeah, for me being out of like my early twenties college phase, you know, and like now more into real life, it's just a, it's just a bigger decision, you know? Yeah. I get that. Do you feel like, you know, as you are now navigating being an artist and having an art career, um, do you like feel insecurities about being self-taught, like just with the label, you know, besides like the yeah. formal technique part, or do you feel good about it and like proud to be self-taught? I know I go back and forth between both. So I'm wondering. I definitely how, go yeah. back and forth between both. I definitely have imposter syndrome. Um, I had it with when I made jewelry as well. And it's mm. something that I'm, you know, talking to my therapist, therapist about all the time. And, um, yeah, you, you definitely want people to, to, look at your work and think, oh, there's some skill here. And there's some, uh, there's something about like someone saying that your work looks clean and well thought out that really is like my goal in a way. Um, And so I'm, am I like, am I doing that? Um, And I also think I haven't had much critique, which Mm. has been a huge uh, journey for me is finding people whose opinions I trust and who, who have time to give me a little bit of feedback, you know, and, you know, people say, oh, it's great. It's great. And you're like, okay, but what about it? It's great. And what about it isn't great. And I think that's something that you get from going back to school and getting a formal degree that you can't really replicate. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I go back all the time. I am also really proud that I just have 
the tenacity to figure it out. I always have. I've always been like a kid who just crafts and, you know, try stuff out. And um, that's something that I really value in myself. So it's definitely in the middle. <laughs> yeah, totally. Are you, uh, I was just thinking about like critiques and having other people who can give you feedback. Um, are you, uh, I know you're in Oakland. Are you in a yeah. studio space, like around other artists? What's, what's that experience like? I am in Oakland. Yeah. I have a studio. I'm at Norton Factory Studios, which is a really great studio in East Oakland. And it's been interesting because since I've joined um, the community, it's been a COVID safe zone. Mm. So we don't really have much interaction. Um, I know normally they do art shows and they have like cocktail hours and stuff. But since I've been there, it's basically just been me. And then, you know, I have one studio mate who I kind of shared the space with and I would see her every couple days but Mm -hmm. um yeah it's been like kind of a challenge being in COVID and starting this whole new career um and not really having the same resources that I had when I started my last career venture you know like being able to do shows and network in that way uh Mm -hmm. um yeah Yes. COVID is such an interesting time for artists. It is. I mean, it's an interesting time for everybody to put it lightly, but yeah, particularly on that creative community front, it does make it challenging, especially if you're starting something new. Um, is that the timeline that you started leaning into painting more? Was that the start of COVID? I feel like it must've been earlier, but now I'm like, it maybe I don't bit, know. It was a bit earlier, but I got my studio a month or two before my first show, um, mm. which was November 2020. Um, okay. And so before that I was doing stuff in my extra bedroom in my house. Um, and I set up like a really like crude painting area and, um, I was still making jewelry at the time. So I was kind of using painting as a stress relief thing. And then it just became like all consuming, and I wasn't doing jewelry when I should have been doing it. And I was mostly just painting. And then I was like, okay, I, I need to get out of my house and get more space. Um, so I feel like I've been taking it seriously for about a year. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about like kind of what you described, you know, it's like you started painting and you're painting when you should have been making jewelry. And I was just reminded of my own beginnings and how um, falling into painting can feel like such a love affair, you know? And, um, oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. But I, but now that I've been doing it longer, I'm also having an experience where I'm like, well, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. So that just made me wonder, do you, yeah, where are you at with that? Do you still feel that? Like, I think I'm really asking this for a selfish reason. Cause it's just something I'm <laughs> thinking about, but do you feel like you're still in that? Like I'm in the flow. This is so therapeutic. This is so soul filling. Um, or have things gotten harder or easier? Yeah. What has that been like as you've started? Um, I definitely feel like anytime I'm creating, it's a form of meditation for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I definitely think that I have slowed down in a way. And I think being off Instagram helped me do that. Um, so I have more of a routine, whereas before I would be like, I have to go to the studio every single day. I have to make something and it has to be posted. Um, it's become more like I go to the studio Monday, Wednesday, Friday, if I feel like going every day, I go every day. Um, if I don't, I don't. And I find that it gives me more energy to create 
pieces that I actually really love instead of making like a bunch of small stuff that I don't necessarily um, feel connected to. So it is, I'm still definitely in the love affair phase. Like whenever I go and I'm like, I just love being here. I love, you know, paint and um, canvas, but I'm trying to be more mindful of my energy uh, with my practice this time around because I got really burnt out with jewelry and I don't want that to happen with painting because I love it so much. So I'm trying to respect um, the practice a little bit more this time and respect my creative energy because I feel like that's kind of a tap that you take for granted. And if you overuse the tap, sometimes it's hard to get it back. Um, so I'm being a little bit selfish this time around, I think, which has been working for me. I love that so much. And that feels so wise, like something that you could only know having already gone through a creative venture, like with, mm -hmm. with jewelry making. And I'm just thinking about like, yeah, I, I didn't come into this with that, ex that experience. Um, but that feels really good. What you're saying, like honoring the creative tap and yeah, having the wisdom to space it out a little bit, even though yeah. you are in the midst of a love affair. I think that's such good advice for people starting out, something I wouldn't think to give, but that feels feels so true. Because um, you do feel yeah. like you, I mean, for me, at least since I'm, you know, starting this a bit later in my uh, journey, I, I feel like sometimes you feel like you don't have enough time and you need to like get it all out so that you can do with the goals that you need to do but I think you just have to remember like there's enough time this is a long journey like I want to be making paintings till I'm 80 you know so I feel like um just taking your time giving yourself the space to experiment and ease into things that's what I've learned mm -hmm. yeah yeah the slow burn it's mm -hmm. like I feel like that too this urgency you know, especially with maybe wanting to have quote unquote success or feeling behind in my own way, like, oh, I got to hurry up and paint so many paintings so that they can get good really quickly. And I can like make my best work as soon as possible or Absolutely. something. Absolutely. I feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so wise to, I think what like you're presenting is being aware of that and being like, no, we got to space it out because this is going to be a long haul and we want it to be that way. And Absolutely. that's important. Yeah. So, okay, I actually did want to talk to you about how you're balancing creating and self-care. And I think you touched on that. Um, I love the Monday, Wednesday, Friday thing, because I think having those, well, I'll ask you if you feel this way, like having those days in between where you're not going multiple days in a row, do you feel like it leaves you on a cliffhanger? So you're more in, like um, ready to go when you come back in on that yes. like every other day? Yeah, it's like a little tease yeah. for myself. Like I instead of feeling like I have to leave the studio with a finished painting, I'm like, you know what, let's marinate on this for a day. Let's use the day between studio time to maybe go to a museum or go for a walk or read a book and then come back with some um, extra juiciness to add to it. Whereas if I was going to the studio every single day, I would literally just be going, coming home, eating dinner, going to bed and going back. And that doesn't really add any flavor to your life. And I think that's what makes art better is having experiences and self-knowledge to add to the painting to like show other people. Um, 
so yeah, I try to take days off and I'm doing the artist way. I don't know if you've ever read the artist way. Mm-hmm. I've made it for the, through the first like two or three chapters many times, yeah. but never farther. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've done the same thing. So I'm working on getting through it. And she talks about taking yourself on artist dates um, as a part of self-care and, you know, strengthening your practice. So I try to do that once a week in one of the days I'm not at the studio. Um, and then also taking care of myself. Um, I feel like if, when I was going to the studio every single day, even on the weekends, I just wasn't eating well. Um, I wasn't sleeping well. I wasn't being active because I was just sitting painting. Um, and I'm one of those people who I can't do it all every day. Mm-hmm. I can't work out and eat well and also paint every day. There are days that I do that. And those days I feel great, but most of the time I can only do like two of those things a day. Mm -hmm. So um, that's all part of my self-care journey is just giving myself the time and not feeling pressure to uh, do everything at once. Mm -hmm. Yes, this, I very much resonate. Um, It's a full day for me to like go to the grocery store Mm -hmm. and put away laundry. (laughs) Exactly. Not to mention all the other things I have to do. Yeah. Yeah, that feels very on point. And I'm so glad that you're saying all this because I think something I struggled with, some sort of narrative out there, I'm not sure who it comes from or where I've heard it, but some sort of narrative like, oh, real artists show up all day, every day and like essentially work a nine to five in their Mm -hmm. studio. And I don't know if you've ever attempted to do that, but when I have, it doesn't feel good. I don't think it serves my art the best, so... Yeah, yeah, I've definitely tried to do that. And I sometimes I feel like doing that. And I think it's like good to honor those moments where you do feel really invested in being in that space and you don't want to do anything else. Um, but I find I become a shell of myself. Like I'm like, I don't know. I just, it doesn't make me happy to, I, I want to be an artist. Part of the reason I want to be an artist because I don't want a nine to five job. I don't want to be like chained to my chair day in and day day out I want to be able to be free so Mm -hmm. I'm trying to practice that more yeah so something else I think it's it ties in very well and you already mentioned it was your your break off of Instagram and it seems like that changed your routine a little bit um I know you treated it like a residency so I'm curious to talk about like first of all what inspired it and then what it was like and then maybe we can go into you know why you came back and those things yeah Um, I got inspired by it because I just, I don't know about you, but during this whole pandemic, I have just been so absorbed into my phone. Mm -hmm. I've, it's the only way I communicate with my friends and family. Um, It's the only way that I check on what's going on in the world. It's the only way that I sell my work. Um, Even my meditation was on my phone, music on the phone audiobooks everything was just so connected to my phone and I was like finding myself spending hours of my day on my phone and I also realized that I was since the beginning of my practice even with jewelry I have been making something and posting it and there's never been a time where I haven't done that and I just kind of felt like what would it be like if I was just making art for myself for the time being and not sharing with people right away. Um, And also, who am I? Like, what do I even like anymore? You know, like, 
the world is huge. And I, I felt so isolated and small in this little uh, world. So it was great. I, I definitely, I, I think I was off, I was off for two months. Um, and it showed me a lot about my addictions. I definitely am addicted to social media. Definitely. Uh, it scared me a little bit when I first started because I would wake up and just roll over and I'd be like, oh, I have nothing to do on my phone now because I deleted the app off my phone. So I would just like sit there. <laughs> um, and I, I don't know, it just, it's weird to think that something is so easily able to take over your mind. And if I made space for, if I cleared it out to make space, what could I fill that space with? Um, but after a week I got used to it and it was really nice. And it made me realize that I have an amazing life and my anxiety stemmed a lot from stuff that wasn't actually happening mm. to me in my life and stuff that I was just worried about. Um, and I found that the only way that I can actually make a change in the world is if I take care of myself first. And I, I just don't think humans are meant to absorb as much information as we are absorbing. And it's just not good for, I don't know anyone who has a healthy mind right now. Like, mm -hmm. I'm just going to say it. Like, I feel like everyone I know has a deep anxiety about things and it is due to the state of the world. But I think if you step away from your phone, you'll realize that like, you only have today. And generally, if you're lucky, the day is pretty great. Even if nothing happens, it's still like you're alive that's all you can ask for. Um, mm -hmm. I went very, no, it's also <laughs> true. And so relevant to our, I mean, um, yeah, I, I'm first and foremost, like very focused on my own mental health and all that. So like before I'm an artist or anything else that has to come first. So I very much really, and appreciate all of this. And I have, I mean, especially like through the election and just like everything, mm -hmm um, being off the phone. And I guess November is when you took a break. So it, I started been... in January. So right after oh, oh, oh. January. the holidays, um, but it was because that after the election, I was like, I just don't have any more energy left to be on this app. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it just zapped me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, it's like, we're so, it's so normalized because everybody mm -hmm. do, does it. It's part of our routine. And so it's really when you step away that you're like, whoa, this is not normal for my nervous system or any human's um, nervous system. What I'm really curious about too is in that break, do you feel like it changed your work or your approach to your art um, or even your routine with your art, like not being on social media? It definitely did. I definitely um, learned to, uh, I keep coming back to this, but giving myself time. And I think- uh, Instagram specifically forces artists to be constantly producing. And I think good art just, it takes time. You think about the great masters of, you know, art history, they just took their time. It would take them years to make a painting. Um, and, you know, it should at least take me a couple days. <laughs> I feel like, um at the minimum yeah <laughs> exactly and I just feel like Instagram does not um 
allow for that. So basically being off, I would, I would start the painting and, you know, I would bounce around from one painting to another. I would go into the studio and um, I did listen to a lot of audiobooks and podcasts, but I was so much more focused because I didn't have anything to distract me from just being present. Mm. Also, I would, instead of, you know, when you're painting, you kind of have like a minute of like lull where you're just like, okay, I'm going to just step away from the painting for a second, or I'm going to think about my next edition. And sometimes I would use that time to like scroll on my phone and then I'd like snap back and be like, oh my God, (laughs) I've been on my phone for 15 minutes when I was like working on a painting. So instead I would go and like look at a book for a reference or um, go for a walk. And, you know, I think those things are super key. And I just never really got to do that in the entire time I've been making art. So it was great. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm like, oh my God, looking at a book for reference in that yeah. moment feels so much better. I need to get some books in my studio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. It's so true. It's such an invasion of the studio time and the pressure to produce um, so regularly and like have new finished pieces so regularly. I mean, I don't know what people did before social media or what that was like, but I know for myself, um, I like recently switched into a style that takes much longer and like to finish a certain piece. Uh, versus what I was doing before. And I do think it's the social media pressure to feel like I need something new to post or share. Um, maybe a social media break is an order for myself. <laughs> I totally with- encourage anyone to do it. And I think it's good to be realistic about like how much time you want to take off because I know you're going to, we're going to talk about why I came back, but um, even if you do it for just a week, I feel like you're going to definitely feel the benefits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's, um, yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about why you came back and, and how you're using the platform now. Um, so I initially said I was going to be off for four or five months. Um, and there was just a moment where I, I was, I just realized that I, I was escaped. I ran away from something that was giving me anxiety, which was the app, but I wasn't really dealing with what the issue was. Mm. Um, so the issue was my use of time on social media and it was good that I took a break, but I couldn't really navigate how to use the app in a healthy way without being on the app. Um, and so I battled a lot with it. I was like, are people going to think I'm flip floppy? I also started a whole newsletter on it where I was like talking to people about why this was a good thing to do. And I just realized that I need to stand in my vulnerability and say, you know what, like, okay, just cause you say you're going to do something doesn't mean then that's what's going to happen. Um, and I got the benefits that I was looking for and, um, I just decided I, you know, I want to share my work with the world. And I also want to learn to have balance with this thing because it's never going to go away. And also it is a benefit. If you have a small business, especially in a pandemic, it's a benefit. Um, And so, you know, at first I had like downloaded the, at first I hadn't downloaded the app. I was just using it like on my browser. And then I downloaded the app and I would delete it every night. Um, And I still do that when I feel like I'm getting too 
connect to, like obsessed with it. Um, and also I told myself that I'm not really going to answer DMs. I'm not even really going to comment back to people when they leave me comments, which I know is like a Instagram business taboo. Like you're always supposed to comment back. And it's not that I'm not appreciative, but it, it just takes time and energy that, um, isn't really, I know it sounds crazy, but it's not real. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like I real for the algorithm. And like, I, exactly. I mean, it's hard to say, I think there's nuance, you know, and there's times where, you know, I'm sure replying to a comment and connecting with people is great and worthwhile, but I, I, I hear what you're saying. It's like, this is taking more of my energy than ultimately it's like really giving back to my soul. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. I don't think that the people who are leaving these beautiful kind messages, you know, who are mostly people I know in real life, mm-hmm. um, are wanting me to feel like torn up about being on this app. You know, I think that people want people to feel good. And if that means, you know, you have to create some boundaries around it, then that's what it means. Um, And so, yeah, I think the key is just creating more boundaries with yourself, especially if you're selling stuff um, through Instagram, it's like, you can email me. If you wanna buy something, please send me an email. because DMs are just, they give me the biggest anxiety and I can't. Um, uh, But I will say I did get opportunities when I wasn't on the app. You know, I was really worried about that, but people did still find me and reach out to me. And, you know, I think it's good to know that you don't have to play the game the way that the app wants you to play the game. Yeah. I love that. That was going to be the next thing I wanted to ask you about. And I think this is from one of your newsletters. Um, like you were worried about how not being on Instagram would affect your quote unquote career, but then you're like, wait, I had some revelations about what a career even is. And I was wondering if we could just talk about that because I think as an artist, it is a vague thing to piece together and therefore we're constantly worried about it. So maybe we could just jam on that. Like what your revelations were. Yeah. Uh, I, I was just like, I think I don't know, you know, I mean, I don't know if we're in the same generation, but I think we are. Like I was raised by two parents who had steady jobs, who mm-hmm. like always supported my art. They've always been super supportive, but they, you know, their philosophy is you have to do something for a really long time and get really good at it and just stay doing that. And you have to be putting out stuff every day in order to do that. And, you know, constantly jamming at this, this upward mobility Um, and I just realized that that's not life. I, I, you know, I don't know about you, but everyone I know during this pandemic, their careers have been completely tossed in the air. You know, people who have been working at things their entire lives now are doing completely different things that they weren't expecting to be doing. And I just feel like it is whatever you make it. Um, the word career is whatever you make it. If your career is you do five different things that you enjoy doing and they make you happy, um, that's a career. It's not necessarily the idea that we have been shaped to think it is. And mm-hmm. also does that, does it mean that you don't have a career if you don't have thousands of followers? Does it mean that you don't have a successful career if you're not in gallery shows, nonstop booked? Like, 
does that mean you don't have a career? Does it mean it, you don't have a career if you're not only surviving off of your art practice? You know, you still have a successful art career, I think, if you're making art. Mm -hmm. um, so I just had to reevaluate what I thought having a job is. And I mm -hmm. think that that's what everyone should do. I know it comes from a place of privilege to say that because not everyone has the luxury to have, you know, such fuzzy edges around the word career. Um, mm -hmm. But for me specifically, it was really something that I had to struggle with and also not basing what I thought other people thought of me as like the milestone for my career. Cause I feel like I was doing that a lot. Um, Mm. you know do people see me as a serious artist is that the goal that I'm trying to get to you know is am I going to be happy when who who does it who I, who do I need to please in order for me to be a serious artist yeah it doesn't exist like that person doesn't exist um so I think it's been really healthy for me and I, I feel like I enjoy my practice a lot more when I'm just honest with myself and I'm and I'm real about the fact that it, it's it's a made-up thing um, yeah um, and just I also think that it's important to 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 acknowledge acknowledge that I was basing my career on what I saw other people doing so you know if I can think of you know a top artist I, I think okay I have to have what they have in order to be successful but that's impossible because I'm not them I'm me and my journey is going to be completely different from them. So you have to decide what your journey is um, and just be okay with that and not compare yourself to other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so real. I love this, like, well, let's break down what a career actually is. It's like, yeah. especially as an artist, like maybe it's a little more straightforward if you're a doctor <laughs> um, or, or any, whatever, but you know, in these and I think so many careers these days resemble that of an artist it doesn't necessarily mean you are one, like the fuzzy edges around the career is what so many experience. Um, but yeah, it's a group of things that you're defining for yourself. And so I'm curious in going through this, if you don't mind sharing, like, were there things that you came up upon for you where you're like, okay, for me, this is important for my career. Or for me, this means like, I'm being an artist in the way I want to be one. Did you like come across yeah. things like that? Yeah, I think I definitely did. And those things were, you know, being able to help other people through my work, being able to advocate for other people through my work, being able to inspire other people through my work, being able to pay my rent simply. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think um, that is literally something that I never thought I'd be able to do is to be able to, solely pay my rent and my studio rent on my art sales and I was able to do that last month for the first time and I was just like blown away um mm. and I know that's not gonna happen I mean I'm manifesting that that happens every month but um you know financial having my financial responsibilities met through this um being able to travel for my art um yeah. And those are things that I'm doing and those are things that I can do. So I think that that's a career. And I mm -hmm. think, you know, uh, for some people it might look differently, but I think it's important to just simplify. Um, and 
just take a look because most of the time you're doing those things already. And mm-hmm. it's not necessarily, it's not necessary to overcomplicate it. <laughs> yeah. I think that the overcomplication happens so easily when we get into that comparison. And I'm so guilty of that too. I mean, I have definitely gone on my favorite artists' websites and looked at their CVs and been like, oh shoot, (laughs) that's the worst. Um, I do that too. And I think it's also, I mean, if that's a priority, obviously, yes. Okay. So what I mean to say is, do I want to be in more gallery spaces so that I can get more recognition so that I can do what, you know, Mm -hmm. if the answer is travel, if the answer is pay my rent, um, I'm doing those things already. Mm -hmm. So I don't necessarily need to be in every gallery. Mm -hmm. I think it's just like figuring out why you're doing things or why you want things and really coming inward and saying like, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be famous. I think that's like something that a lot of women struggle with admitting that they just want to have a legacy. And I totally want that for myself. Um, But why? Mm -hmm. And, And, you know, not being so hard on yourself and really thinking about the true intentions of what you want, not just blindly going for the next thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking as you're talking to, you know, it's like art is so personal, like what we're creating is so vulnerable and so intimate. And this might be a stretch, but as a core human desire that, that I think most people share is the desire to be seen. So if like what you're putting out into the world feels so intimate and so, so you, it would make sense that in the background and all these different ways that desire to be like validated is like sneaking through. And I think it's okay to admit that we might want that, but when it gets like out of hand and all of a sudden we're chasing a quote unquote career, that's not actually best suited to our health desires and lifestyle. Like, yeah, it's good to analyze like, where's this really coming from? Can I get this in another way? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is it, and I think that's the whole thing about honoring your practice and your, your creativity tab, because you, you can't necessarily get all of that from one thing, you know, Mm. like you might, and also when you get it, you're still going to want it. That's another thing. You know, you might get every single gallery on the planet earth and you're still going to want to do it again, because that feeling is not going to go away. Mm -hmm. Um, because like you said, we're just human beings. So I'm not, I'm trying to do a lot more self-work and not blame it all on my art. Mm. Either people not liking it or liking it or whatever. It's more than that. So it's not just about, um, my art failing or succeeding. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's very wise, (laughs) very good self-awareness. Um, and so hard to do also as well. Like you know, because art is so intimate and, and we love it. And yeah, yeah, it's so easy for these internal desires to get like projected onto things that we're working so close with all the time and identify yeah. with. It's, it's not an easy path to navigate, but yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of wisdom and just like speaking to that for those listening. Cause I think we're all where that happens to all of us. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Um, Okay. So this might be like somewhat of a pivot, but I think it's really connected to everything we've been talking about too. There was one of your newsletters where you were talking about, um, like just embracing the mystery. And when I read that and I was looking at your work and thinking about how your process is so intuitive, I was just noticing that like, you might have a deep connection to mystery, which 
I think is cool. And so many of us artists, um, whether we realize it or not, are bumping up against mystery in the process. So I was wondering if you could just kind of speak to your relationship with mystery. Has it been easy? Has it been hard? Um, how have you been able to make it feel better? Like, does it play a role in your process? Anything yeah. Else? Yeah. I love, I just love the word mystery. There's something about it that is just so special. Um, and I'm glad that you can see that in my work. I think that because I'm so intuition based and I don't plan anything out that that's the entirety of my practice is just having faith that things will come together at some point um and if they don't come together in this painting then moments from that painting will come together in another painting because I do tend to take um old paintings and rip them up and uh use bits of canvas in other canvases yeah I think I'm I'm obsessed with the occult I'm obsessed with the unknown I'm a super spiritual person you know I ask my ancestors for guidance when I paint and I do tarot and you know I firmly believe that there's so much that we just can't understand about the world that we're in and um I believe in you know just letting the universe kind of show you what it needs to show you. And that's basically the only thing that I know for sure is that I don't really know anything. Um, and so I do try to incorporate that into my work. And that comes up in as like black holes or it comes up in, you know, uh, scribbling because I find that when I just kind of feel, feel like I'm getting too tight with something, if I just like scribble it out, it usually, it's exactly what needs to be there. And I think, you know, with painting that a lot of it is just kind of seeing, like holding your breath a little bit and saying like, okay, I'm just going to try this and see if it works. And generally it does kind of, it might not be exactly what you want it to be, but it, it adds more than you thought it would to the painting. So I definitely would encourage people to do like just free painting once in a while. Um, I don't know how you do your practice, but um, I tried for so long to, to plan it out before. And I, I just can't, it doesn't ever mm. come out the way that I want it to when I do it that way. So I've just embraced the mystery of playing yeah. around, I guess. Yeah. I love how it's mirrored both like in your process and then, um, in these visual ways, like the black holes, I love the black holes in your work, by the way. So I really perked up when you said that. Um, and yeah, also what you're speaking to is scribbling too. It's like, you kind of have to just let go and let the unknown take over. Um, I love all of that. Yeah. And it's, I think it's invigorating for me to hear because I used to work more that way and things have just taken a turn where I never thought I would be planning things. And now something is happening where it's like this new work, you have to plan things. Like it's just what's coming through. Yeah. And it's this whole other shift that I'm like really in a, a moment of grappling with because it's not necessarily my personality and not how, not how I started. Um, but listening to you talk makes me excited to bring the element of mystery in, even in the way that I like might be trying to work now. So, cause well, I, think I think it's present. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally understand what you're saying. And I'm, I, feel like I'm not at that point yet where I'm doing like I know you do like mural work and you do mm. you know commission stuff like that and I've done a couple of pieces like that but I think um 
you are still kind of working from a place of mystery, even though you have to submit an idea for approval, it still comes from that place. Yeah. Um, it just seems different because you have to have other people's input, which I feel like as an artist is always the hardest part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's really interesting to hear because that is probably one of my biggest fears mm. if, and when that time comes for me where I have to like work within those boundaries, how I'm going to be able to do that. Yeah. Well, um, I've done intuitive murals before. And, okay, cool. uh, so I think that that's an option and I know that people do that. I think if you go super large scale, like multi-story buildings, it would be a challenge, but for like a room or, um, something that you can do seize a ladder, I think that's totally available and you should go for it. Um, and I think being intuitive with the digital planning. So it's like, I am planning, but there was a creation process which exactly. happened beforehand. So yeah. there's that, but I also do have pieces in my studio that the techniques demand that I like plan the composition beforehand. So that's right. where I'm like, Oh, this is <laughs> sticky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, it's going to be really exciting to see how your work evolves. I hope that you take on some murals and do some things. I would love to see I one of your so pieces too. that size. Yeah, yeah. I'm putting it out there in the universe and I feel like, um, I mean, this is a little off topic. I mean, it kind of relates to mystery, but I- No, please go off topic. (laughs) (laughs) I was like talking to my therapist about how, you know, there are things I want and how, you know, we talked about it earlier. Like you have goals where you're like, am I too far behind to get to this goal? Like, do I have to go really fast to do this, to, to get these opportunities? And she was just like, you, the universe is preparing you for those opportunities. So- when the time comes, you are prepared to handle those opportunities, you know? So the time that I'm putting in now before I get those opportunities, like a mural, for example, it's just time to like, to like strengthen my voice, get better suited with the materials um, and just get more confident so that when that time comes, I feel like I can step into that arena and succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it is a mystery of like, you don't know what's going to come, but I, everything that's happening right now is just preparing you for that. Yeah. It's so true. Um, I'm imagining you've probably already had this experience, like in doing shows and things, but there's things that I've gotten later that I was pining for earlier. And I'm like, thank God (laughs) this didn't happen. Like I didn't get this opportunity that I wanted so bad a couple of years ago because it would have gone horribly. And, um, yeah, I wasn't ready, you know, but I was doing the work that was getting me ready. And I think that we have that realization, like at every step of the way. (laughs) Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I mean. Like, I just, you know, you have to just have faith and be patient and things will come when they're supposed to come. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like trusting, and it seems like, um, this goes along with the like mystery and trusting too, like making the work that you're feeling called to make, even if you don't know why, you know, mm-hmm. like, where's this going to go? What's its purpose? Like trusting that it has a reason and you'll see why. Yeah. yeah. And that I use that in my art all the time because sometimes I'll start a piece with an idea. Um, like my, lo- the one I'm working on right now, I had this idea of doing like a cool grid background. Mm. And then I like dotted out the parts where I wanted to grid it. And then I did one line and it was so bad. Like it wasn't even a straight line. (laughs) And I was like, this is not even, I can't, I'm not a straight line person. I don't know why I tried doing this, but I kept it in the painting 
and I love the way that it looks. And so I was like, okay, I'm glad that I talked myself into trying this thing that I didn't think I'd be able to do because I actually like this little moment of it, even though I didn't complete the actual idea. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah, totally. I have that experience so often too. It's like, I have an idea and I think I know why I'm doing it. And I was supposed to do it, but not for the reason that maybe I thought I was supposed to. Yes. Is that, yeah. I don't yeah. know if that makes sense. Yeah. And then you end up liking it for yeah. a different reason than you thought you were going to like it. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, so where can we find you? What do you have coming up next? Um, anything you'd like to share or like direct people towards? Um, you can find me on Instagram. <laughs> You're back on. <laughs> I'm back on. I'm trying to post less. So I'm trying to post a couple times a week instead of every single day. Um, you can find me on my website. I don't have my prices up on my website currently, but I do have a works available sheet. So if you want that, just send me an email and I will send that to you. And um yeah, I just have, I have some things happening, but I can't really talk about them yet. And I'm just super excited to, you know, be part of this like growing community of cool abstract artists who are, you know, just trying stuff out and having fun and not taking it. Like, I feel like it's unique in the fact that when I was growing up and I started, I always thought abstract art was super serious and it's not that we don't take it seriously, but it's just become so, there's so much personality and I'm just happy to be a part of this community. Um, But yeah, you can find me on my website and my Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. I hear that. I, I second that excitement to like, it is a really fun community and yeah, I think there's a lot of like juiciness there and great people to connect with like yourself. So Um, cool. We will link to all of that. And if by the time this comes out, you're able to talk about those opportunities, we'll link those too. Cool. Uh, thank you so much for being here. This has been a lovely conversation. Thank you for having me. Yes. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Soleil as much as I did. Please be sure to check out her work. Um, Her website and her Instagram, which she's back on, are all in the show notes linked up for you, ready to go. And if you're enjoying the show and would like to support us, there's a couple ways you can do so. The first way is to join us on Patreon. There's a range of different levels and ways that you can support, and all of that goes into the editing and production of the show. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you're on the app, you just scroll down, hit the five stars if you feel so inclined and write a little note about what you're enjoying about the show. And the other way is for you to share the episode you're listening to on Instagram. And don't forget to tag us at Art and Magic Podcast. And if you want to tag my personal account, please do so as well. And this is really how the show gets out to you other artists and creatives like yourself. So thank you so much for being here. And until next time, I'm sending you lots of love and tons of magic. Thank you.